So, yo, it's your girl, Father Long Legs. Uh, but this is another episode of Babbling Comic, which means that these recordings, yes, these, there are three parts to this. Wow, wow, wow. What a multi pack. Is this coffee or what? Um, there are three parts. They're all from my tour. I'm currently recording this today, Thursday, May 12th. You're probably listening to this on or after May 13th. Because that's when it goes live. Um, so I have a couple of good announcements. It's obviously, it's been a few days since I've been back in town. Um, but I do want to let you know that this is not a standard episode with one guest. But at the end of this podcast, the last half, about the last half hour, I do a mini episode interview with my lovely host from my tour slash amazing comedian, Ian Aber. He's been a guy I wanted to get on the podcast for a while. So it was really cool when I was... Staying with him in Atlanta, that was like, well, let's do it. He has a studio set up. I um, did his podcast. You should check it out. It's called Straight People. I'm not sure if my app's out yet, but you should check it out anyways. It's a podcast for straight people by gay people. Um, sort of. I mean, it's for everyone. Um, but yeah, so we did a mini episode, which is just to say, like, it's a juicy confession. We just do the confession. We sort of skip over the beginning of the pod, get right to it. It's definitely a nice, hearty juicy episode give it a listen um but before that uh i do have two recordings from the road the first 10 minutes or so is from day five when i was uh at in louisville and then the second one is a little bit asmr so if that's not your thing you might want to skip ahead um just so you know because that was pretty much recorded from while I was packing up in the Smoky Mountains. Tried to record on while high and it did not turn out coherent at all. So unfortunately I did not include that. But this uh, this one that did get included is from the day after I got insanely high and just had a journey on my own in the Smoky Mountains. Um, before we get into it, I do have a couple quick announcements including live shows, out of LA dates, this weekend, I will be in Bloomington, Indiana at the Limestone Comedy Fest. Had so much fun there pre-pandemic. Uh, can't wait to go back. Really just, you know, it's nice to just, I gotta stop being so corny, but it's still very nice to be able to go on stage, just given that we are still in COVID, you know, and cases come back in Taiwan. Like, I still haven't seen my grandma in ears, um, and, you know. It's a lot. So be safe out there. You know, keep doing what you have to do to be safe. You know, I know mask mandates are mostly optional now, but wherever you can in public, if you don't want to take the risk, like people are nasty. So, you know, I wear masks in the grocery store. Anyways, I would do that anyway. Why not? Um, but that's this weekend. You can check all that out um, on my social media. Basically, go to my, you know, threesillycomedy.com slash shows. I always update my shows. But Limestone Comedy Fest is the name of that festival. I think that will be a fun one if you're in the area because there's a ton of great comics going. So you get a really bang for your buck. And then the following weekend in LA, I am hosting the Hot Donna's API Drag Brunch. Uh, it's it's a, a drag brunch. Sorry, not sorry. On the west side of LA. I believe there are still a few tickets available. There are two shows. I'm just hosting. So really, I'm like not even the main event. But I might turn a look. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We are doing this to just shine more light on api performers and drag kings um there will be some queens as well really open to anyone and everyone it's going to be a safe space inclusive um very sapphic um open to you know my gay guys as well but um (laughs) for sure it's gonna be a lot of hottie hottie envies and you know, you summer. So come and come and schmooze, okay? Um, and then finally, the following weekend, Memorial Day, I will be at Vail Comedy Festival. So if you live near Vail, I'm lucky you. But also, I will be there. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be like the stuff for kids, like magicians, balloon animals. I don't know, man. This sounds like a wild ass Colorado mountain weekend. So it's going to be fun. Sponsored by like a winery and a yoga class. So there's like free mountain yoga. Um, I'm doing a live episode of this pod. Oh my God. Yeah. I forgot to even announce that. Wow. Things have been busy. So I'm doing a live recording of this show at the Vail Comedy Festival. So I guess if you miss it, you'll hear the episode, but you should come anyways, because then you can watch comedy. You can hang out with me. I'll be in the mountains. Might try to bring my dog. 
Um, and one little bit, uh, two little bits of announcements that are not live shows, but are related to me. So hopefully you like it. Thank you all for watching Get Love when it was at the Paris International Film Festival. If you did, if you didn't, no big deal. Eventually I will be, you know, finding a way to publicly premiere it. I am still hoping to have a couple more screenings. Definitely want to premiere in LA if we can uh, before that. But if you haven't followed at Get Love Film, do it. I will post updates there. I really don't post that much, so don't worry. You know, it's not going to spam you. But I will definitely post when it goes live um, as well. So you can turn notifications on if you want, true, because I won't post there a lot unless there's news. And big news, we won the Audience Award at the Paris International Film Festival. So really thank you if you voted. And uh, not my film, but I was in a feature film, too, actually. One called Pasadena that just premiered online at nobudge.com that's n-o-b-u-d-g-e.com so if you want to watch it i think it's like five dollars to subscribe but i believe the paywall might be removed later but if you do the paywall it does go directly to the filmmakers which eventually if they recoup their costs would go to the actors i don't know if it will to be honest i'm not i did not do that for the money aka there was no money um but that's why it's called No Budge. Um, but it's a fun little film. Um, Gaston is the director. I'm so sorry. I cannot never say his last name. Last name. I'm going to try. Gaston Stabuesti. Okay, wow. That was awful. German, comedian, direct filmmaker, writer. Um, wrote his very personal story. I play the girlfriend of the lead. My girlfriend, is, her character is Jess, but it's... <laughs> why am I saying this so weird? It's played by Kristen Laffey, who... Actually, I should have on the spot. She's also a twin, but we uh, we know each other from comedy, so that was really fun to act in. So that's available online, and um, a, de- de- a very different tone of a feature, The Send-Off uh, by John Michael Powell. Uh, I play Nikki in it. I'm sort of a small... Uh, well, it's an ensemble piece, so I have a couple scenes, but that's a fun one if you want to watch it. It's premiering at the Chinese Theater at Dances with Films, in Los Angeles, California, June 17th, the closing night t-shirt, boom baby. I mean, I really want to go in a fancy red carpet look, but I will be in Europe. Super bummed to miss that one, but please go. I mean, I might be able to get complimentary tickets. If you are in LA and you want to go on my behalf, I would love to send a confidant and then plus one, okay? Or apology, whatever. Let me know. Message me at Teresa Lee Comedy is not anything. Sorry, that's not literally my handle anymore. It's at Teresa Lee Bot on Instagram. Tell me anything pod at gmail.com or at tell me anything. So that's it for the announcements. I hope you guys enjoy this babbling comment. Um, I will probably have a new full guest episode next week, but we shall see. So stay tuned. Bye. You can tell her Hey, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. Day 5, April 23rd. I'm so tired, um, but feeling good. Not in a bad way. Like a well-deserved tired. Like a well-earned tired, I should say. I'm sorry the sound is so bad. I only, in an effort to save suitcase space, I only brought the Zoom and not the microphone. Um, I'm so sorry for blow by doze on the mic, uh, <laughs> I will say my allergies are so bad here in Louisville, Louisville, I keep saying it wrong, Louisville, um, the minute I got in, I was like, oh my god, my nose, so I just took Claritin, so hopefully that'll help, um, if you guys want to know where I am, well, I'm obviously in my car, that's where I've been spending most of my time, but I'm in a cemetery, Cave Hill Cemetery, if any of you all know it, beautiful um why am i in a cemetery um i'm not usually the type to just go romp around in cemeteries i know i feel like lately all my talk about the moon and witches makes you think that probably i would be into cemeteries but that is not the case um but it's actually very peaceful here uh why am i here because apparently there's this thing in louisville every year called the thunder dill or something i forget but it's a big fireworks show, and apparently it's like the biggest in the world or something, or one of the biggest. 
and people are like straight up like oh like closing down the streets so uh i had gone to a cafe downtown in the morning to try to get some coffee and sit and ride and get some work done you know me i love to be uh on my email <laughs> so but then they were like oh yeah there's gonna be a big parade here whatever and uh you might want to like leave or move your car it's gonna get towed so i was like all right well i'm not about to get stuck in the middle of a St. Patrick's Day, Chicago-style crowd. Um, as much fun as it sounds to see, I was like, you know what? I just wanted some peace and quiet. So I was like, where can I go? I really, it sounds like the whole town is going to be shut down. And I'm staying with um, a lovely host who is actually the uh, the couple that runs the venue, and they're really awesome. Shout out to Chris and Holly at Planet of the Tapes. But um, I also, you know, respectfully didn't want to just be the loaf who's, like, staying at a place and, like, in my room all day on a computer, just in their space. So I was like, where could I go? And I had my croissant, croissant, and I had my coffee. So I looked up nearby parks, and then turns out the parks are where people are going to see the fireworks. So what else popped up, uh, the opposite direction was a little cemetery. And I was like, you know what? I doubt people are going to like watch fireworks at a cemetery. I mean, this isn't the Hollywood forever. You know, this is like a cemetery. There are some old gravestones here though. I see a lot from like the 1800s, which is really beautiful, but it's a really beautiful like hill. It's called Cave Hill. And I was like, you know, I'll just drive in and park and like maybe just like have my sandwich and go home. But then I drove around and it's really beautiful. I mean, it reminds me of where my brother's buried, um, back in the bay, where it's just like hills, greenery. I see people like doing their hikes, walking. It's really beautiful. So I was like, let me just drive a bit and find a little place to park and chill. And, um, I found this area full of tulips. I feel like I should give a shout out to this, the family who's buried here. Um, there's a big giant cross is the stone. And then there's like four little wedges, I guess what you would call. And, uh, I, damn it. I forgot the name. I got to leave my car to see here. Let's go. Cause they are letting me, the spirits here are letting me, you know, be here. So I should probably honor them. Um, okay. I see one that says Dawes from France. Um, I guess if you have family in Little buried at the Cave Hill Cemetery, and your last name's Atwood, shout out to you, your uh, family let me chill, your ancestors let me chill under your little awning. It's really beautiful. I mean, I'll be honest, I was drawn to it for the tulips. There are just like hundreds of tulips around just this one area. I don't know if it was like, a request of the family, but I don't see any other tulips. So far in my drive up Cave Hill Cemetery, I haven't seen any tulips besides these, but I will say yesterday when I was in Cincinnati, I hung out at a park full of tulips, Ziegler Park. So beautiful. Um, honestly, I've been realizing that LA is maybe a scam <laughs> because leaving LA, I'm like, okay, I get that most of People will be like, oh, a lot of Kentucky is, you know, whatever, anti-abortion as they just voted or whatever. But, like, also so much of California, we had Prop 8. It's all, like, branding, I guess. Um, but my point is, um, I just feel like leaving California, I'm like, damn, why are we so in our little cult of being on the coast? I fucking love the beach. I fucking love mountains. But also, like... Oh my god, Kentucky is so beautiful. Yes, it's beautiful and it sucks for my allergies, but right now I'm on Claritin, so it's hopefully getting better. Part of the reason why I have allergies is because it's so beautiful. It's like all the trees are, whatever, having their period or ovulating or whatever. Um, so it's like flowers, 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 pollen. But uh, I, I'm guessing the more south I drive, the more warm and the more beautiful it will be. Because up in Chicago... It's cold in Indiana where I camped. It was like dead trees. Um, what did I want to say? Oh, I did want to say, so I'm very tired and I just meditated and I think I'm tired because of like, I don't want to be like, Oh my God, the spirits here. Cause I don't, 
it's like I always don't want to be like I believe in ghosts because it's like I don't know do I I don't really know if I believe in capital G ghosts like the way people who believe in ghosts do but do I believe in energy and spirit and feel like did I drive into the cemetery and immediately feel a sense of calm yeah so that's nice I was very like you know it's like what 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 they say the vibes were on uh, and then where these tulips are, it's just so beautiful. And so I got out of my car and meditated a bit, um, you know, spent some time. Um, that being said, I'm like so drained and I don't know if it's because I'm, I took an allergy pill or if it's because I have allergies and my body shutting down or if it's because I'm being haunted by ghosts. Um, but I think I might take a nap in my car, but I also feel like weird parked in a cemetery doing nothing it's not that weird but you know when you're like alone traveling out of your element like i don't feel weird in la parking randomly and taking a nap but there's something about being like oh you're not from here what are you doing like part of me is like oh don't worry i'm just a comedian living out of my car um taking a nap in a cemetery okay that does sound bad but why is it bad i mean isn't this where people go to rest in peace oh my god that is i didn't even that's so corny i didn't even mean to make that joke um but yeah, I guess there's something really calming here. Uh, but it's really draining. Okay, I'm gonna go walk. Before I let y'all go, I might do another update later, but, um, I just spotted in this bed of tulips a freaking yellow and pink tulip. I have not seen this before. It's like half and half. I'll take a picture maybe and maybe I can send it. But it's so pretty. It's like both yellow. I don't know how to describe it. Oh my god, you are so beautiful. I'm okay. If I can get a picture, I'll put it on the gram if I post this. But this is like fucking god. You're so pretty. I've got to put it on my. You're beautiful little flower. What happened here? Why are you so special? Um. Okay, special flower. You're all special, but this one's really special. I wish I could show you. Focused. Focus. There we go. Right? What should we caption it? Uh, this tulip got highlights. That's not really that good, but... Look, uh... Uh, this tulip shops at Hot Topic. Not the best, but it is kind of cute, so I'm gonna post it. I love that, like, when I open Instagram, I see, like, more and more of my friends are just in happy relationships. It makes me very happy. That sounded weird, but, oh, <laughs> because I'm scrolling and then I saw Mav, um, who has been a guest on this pod, so you probably know, know her. She, uh, you know, was in Butch Pal with me and is a comic and great. But she just, I just opened my Instagram and I see a very happy, like, relationship photo with her girlfriend. Very uh, in love. And I love that. I love that for her so much. Okay. So now we shall continue on to our way because I have to pee soon. Um, so thank you for coming to my TED Talk in a cemetery. Damn, I just... Okay, yo, what's up? This is your girl, Father Long Lives. I just made a windscreen out of sock. I'm so proud of myself. I was going to record my uh, a little good morning podcast, but actually I just want to get the sound of the water. It sounds so pretty. So I think we're just going to set the mic down, catch some morning noises, because um, this is very soothing. And I won't ruin it with my voice. I'm going to set my pot, my recorder down there by the water. And just catch some water while I uh, pack up my tent and get ready to hit the road. It sounds so good. Hey, there's a little squirrel. Hello, squirrel. I won't hurt you. Don't worry. It's like it's just the sound of running water. I kind of think I want to also just like get it on my camera. Just like... It's so soothing, like legit so soothing. Okay, we got to put it somewhere where it won't get messed up. Oh, I know what to do. I'm going to set up my tripod. See? 
I didn't sleep in the tent, but that's because I'm a little idiot. Oh yeah, I forgot to explain. Last night, I set up my tent. Well, I set up the tent in the afternoon, as some of you know. And then I got scared. I got scared. There were so many spiders. Just so many. I can't handle all the spiders. You know me. I'm a spider girl. So what did I do? Well, I... What did I do? <laughs> Let me tell you. Where's that frickin' tripod? Oh, I'll tell you what I did. I slept in the car, but like legit like moved everything back to the car. Like that's, yeah, it wasn't, it was a little dumb. I was a little dummy, but it's okay. Moved everything back to the car because I got scared and I didn't want to sleep outside with spiders. Like, isn't that silly though? Because, <laughs> like, girl, there's spiders fucking everywhere. I deal with it. But, it was fine. I'm now looking for my, um, the thing that I hold my tripod in. Because I can't find it. Huh. I wonder if it's in here. Cannot find it. Probably a problem. Mm. No, it's gotta be my duffel. Let's look at my duffel. One more time. I'm gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're gonna celebrate. Oh yeah, oh yeah. One more time. We're looking for my little tripod holder. Where is it? Uh, no idea. Oh, this is the one casualty of the weekend. I guess it's not so bad, but I bet you'll find it. Oh, I bet we'll find it. <laughs> well, I don't think I brought it with me. I'm back, back. Probably put it in here. No. Dang. I'm just trying to think where I would have. Oh, I think I know. I may have put it in here. To protect it, maybe? Let's hope. No. No, I wasn't that smart. Didn't try to put things back in their place so I could find them later. Great. Thanks a lot. Hi, Teresa. Uh, I actually really don't know where this thing is, though. That is um, probably a problem. I mean, it can only be in so many places. All right. I bet you it's in here. I bet you. Uh, it's not in here. Or is it just here? No. God damn it. This is like quite troublesome. Is that I cannot find the little thing that I hold my tripod on. Hmm. Let's take a beat and just search. So hard, so hard, it's in here. Yeah. Then it must be in here. But you Now, here's what's going to happen. I want to set up the tripod so I can listen to the beautiful water while also packing up my tent. 
It's so pretty. Yeah, so we're going to put... The thing is, it's so beautiful up here if you ever get a chance to go to the deep, creased Smoky Mountains. I will say so many things I tried to do last night. I tried to write. I tried to record some freestyle songs. I tried to be provocative and uh, inspirational, but really, I was just high as fuck. But I had a good time. But I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that sometimes you go to the woods, you gotta just let the woods come to you. You can't have any power over the woods. You know what I mean? I'm here to just record beautiful ass, well, I'm sorry, this beautiful waterfall. It's so, I mean, not waterfall. I can't even talk. It's beautiful <laughs> creek thing. All right, we're going to put the recorder down. Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Long Legs. You know me, Daddy T. Okay, this is a special on-the-road edition of You Can Tell Me Anything. Um, I'm here with my lovely host, also hilarious comedian and awesome person with his own straight, oh, straight his own podcast called his own straight. It's not a straight podcast. <laughs> it's a podcast for straight people by gay people. It's called Straight People. And we are doing a mini episode of my podcast. Please welcome Ian Aber. Hello. Thank you for having me. That's great. Thank, I know. Technically, you are having me because we are in At my house. studio. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My husband's basement. As I, I like love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. It's so, so Southern. <laughs> I, I really do love, like, I'm like, Atlanta is one of my favorite cities to do comedy in. And every time I come, I'm like scared. I'm going to like, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, I remembered it wrong. Yeah. And, like every time I'm like, oh, it's not going to be. Yeah. But every time I'm like, yeah, it is. I love it. That's awesome. So it's so fun. But Ian, so this is a confessions podcast. Um, before we get into your confession, if you've got one, so, you know, start thinking if there's anything you want to get off your chest, okay. I will absolve you of okay. all your sins or nonsense, you know, okay. whatever, or if any apologies you want to make, whatever. Um, I do like to start by asking if you have, uh, like what your experience with therapy is or what you do to like, sort of like regulate. It can be anything like you have a confidant. I was inspired to make this podcast because I started going to therapy late in life and mm -hmm. I realized, wow, I love to talk about myself, but also to someone who... <laughs> Just as like a third party. And yeah. so that's where that came from. So everyone has different answers. It's There's no right or wrong. But yeah. what do you do to like when you need to like get stuff off your chest? Or like how do you sort of like, you know, keep up with your self-care or if that, if that makes sense? Uh, yeah, I was in therapy for a little while. Uh, and I started late too. Well, I when I was a kid, my parents made me go to therapy mm. uh, when they were like worried that I was gay. You? Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so that was really that's <laughs> productive. That's hard. hard Very uh, productive. Um, but I knew it didn't, I knew there was all like, the, even the therapist was like, not, like they weren't <laughs> like anti-gay. Like real therapist knows how yeah. to, they probably just know that they're the They were basically like, look, your parents are paying for this, but they suck. So don't worry oh. about them or whatever. And it was very yeah. much that vibe. Wow. They're like, you're going to be, the, my therapist basically at that age was like, you're going to be 18 and be, be able to make your own choices. Oh, that's very cool soon. that you had yeah. that other voice. Yeah, yeah. So they were like very much of an, it's, it gets better and whatever. Was this um, when? But we the, also they were, they were a man and they might've been gay. So who oh, knows? Gotcha. Maybe they were just grooming me. I don't know. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, because earlier we were talking about how um, you lived through a time when being gay was in the DSM, right? Like as a mental illness. Right? Mm -hmm. or, oh, so, well, it or, was by the time I was born, I think it was the same year, okay. around the same time I was born. But our parents, our parents grew up in that. that. Yeah. So like my parents view being, well, not as much now that I've been out for so long, but they viewed it as like a sickness. Because like, that's you know, what like, it said yeah, in like the a, books. Like it's either a physical or male moral <sighs> failing of some sort. But I'm um, curious, like with a professional there, because I, yeah, to go with them explicitly being like, oh, I want my son to go because he might be gay. Like, is that what they – or they're just like, you just need to talk to someone. Because, like, how a therapist they were, would handle that. They were that breaking is, up. They were in therapy. Gotcha. They thought I should be in therapy. <laughs> they were worried about me being gay, for sure. Um, I do. Th I did therapy uh, because of stand-up, honestly. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It's such, yeah. A, it's such a brutal mm -hmm. um, um, kind of mindfuck, uh, especially other comics. It's not really the, yeah. you know, well, in the prospect of trying to become famous and getting in front of industry and feeling like you're invisible. Kind yeah. of, you know what I mean? Well, we'll constantly yeah. throw ourselves against a wall. Yeah. It's like the platform nine and three quarters, but yep. you, you're sometimes it's a brick, but yeah. you have to just do it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then also like, you know, in Atlanta, there's not a lot of big opportunities. So when there are opportunities, uh, people get a little ugly about it. And so like gotcha. just dealing with that. And then uh, what was interesting was I did it at 
Drewer State at uh, the local college. Oh, okay. Because I couldn't afford like so I I worked with like a a, a psychology student or uh-huh. like a post grad, um, and she was great. It was yeah. really I make a joke about it because she, um, there was such an age difference. There was uh-huh. like a a lot of like uh, ideological barriers to cross between uh-huh, the two of us because uh-huh. she was like in her early 20s and i'm gotcha. not oh yeah you know funny. what i mean yeah and i do a joke about it and yeah. she's even seen it and she and my, oh, my therapist literally did have a lazy eye and i do <laughs> i do too and we had a talk one day about uh-huh. like what are you looking at well i don't know what are you oh looking my at? god that's so funny that's- and she's seen the bit she was at a show and came up to me and was like do you remember me and i was oh so embarrassed gosh. i was like oh my you God. didn't know she was coming no oh she just God. lives in atlanta and yeah yeah oh that's wild. but it was after i'd been seen her and and yeah, it was yeah. and, it, and it was interesting because like i would talk about being gay and, and like she was so young it, it yeah. was too much for her like she's oh, like she i made her cry i made her cry i'm like that. and i was like look <laughs> i'm you know i'm only, i know i'm only paying ten dollars but you know pull yourself together you know oh what i mean oh my god and it was just this, like, she, you know, and then I understood she was being very empathetic, but it was like, I gave her too much too fast yeah. in the first, like, like, in our second session or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, like, um, and then so what was the, to me, the funniest experience I had with therapy was um, Monday nights. Uh, are you, you're on Star Bar, right? Yes. Okay. So Star Bar in Atlanta is a comedy show that yeah. happens every Monday night. It's super so packed. Um, but before the pandemic, it used to be that you could smoke in that room uh, yeah. and you would stink like cigarettes. Uh-huh. And my therapy was always at nine o'clock in the morning on Tuesdays. <laughs> and for whatever reason, I wore the jeans that I wore to star bar to go to therapy. And my therapist was like very uncomfortable. Oh, and she was yeah. like, I have to have a conversation with you and I don't want to have it. Da, da, da. Oh my gosh. And um, I was like, okay. And it's like June or July. So um, she's like, uh, you know, normally when you come in here, everything's fine, but today you, you really stink. And da, 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 and it's oh the jeans. God. It's my jeans from, but it was so funny. Exactly no, but I realized that like, I mean, to somebody who doesn't smoke, yeah. uh, you know, like I had been in that room for four hours. So I did my pants just stunk. Uh, but so, that she so literally had to, she literally, like, literally had to have a conversation because it's a self care thing. True. So like, it's, that's why it's like a triggering thing. So like uh, when somebody does, when you, when you obviously doesn't seem like they're taking care of themselves. I see. So she thought not, okay. like I had been out all night smoking and drinking and I'm like, no, 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 oh no, no, no. I mean, I was out all night smoking pop, but like, ah. that's what I do all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> But uh, but yeah, she was like, wow. and she was like, you know, you. I think you told me you don't smoke smoke cigarettes, but you reek of cigarettes. And I'm like, it's my jeans. I oh swear to God, gosh. yeah, it was so funny. Yeah, I forgot about that because I don't smoke cigarettes and I never have. But my, my, I got in trouble like after prom, and my mom was like, "Your dress smells like cigarettes." Yeah, and like she didn't believe me. But it's like, yeah, I guess when people smoke around you, I didn't know that. Like when you go out and people smoke around you, it just <laughs> seeps in. That's so funny though that. Oh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, well, at Starbar, it was like a, it's like a. Everyone in the room yeah. is smoking, chain smoking for four New hours. New York, when I moved there, was like that. <laughs> like you, you weren't technically yeah. allowed to anymore, but some bars still let you. And it was like, oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you okay? Do you need a? I'm okay. Water. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm okay. Okay. Um, well, I'm glad you shared that. Um, yeah, I do. That that's a like thing that comes up sometimes on the pod where, where people have to go to therapy early because when they're a kid or parents are divorced or something yeah. else, like not by choice, it tends to often leave a bad impression, which makes so much sense because it's like, if it's not your choice and you're going to try to feel empowered, it can yeah. be totally the opposite. Well, my parents, know? they went to some marriage counselor therapist who I think the, <laughs> it was a woman uh-huh. and I think that they, the, uh, she had a crush on my dad. Oh my God. Yeah, no, it was like, a weird, so she was giving my mom like terrible advice oh and my, my mom God. was, my mom at the time was drinking and eating pills and, wow. and so it was just like a, and then they sent me to therapy so it was like, oh there, there was not, there wasn't a lot of trust sure. about therapy after I, but even though my my guy actually was pretty much like you know, you know he it because of the time frame because of yeah. uh, the prevalency of AIDS he was like be careful okay. you know what I mean safe sex and all that but he's like when you're eighteen you're you're gonna have to do what you want to do. And you know, he seems like a yeah. like a cool, like he was very much person, of like yeah. being gay is not going to be easy, but you know, it's not a mental illness. Like There's nothing yeah, to be he's fixed. He's just trying yeah, to yeah, yeah. hear you and not tell yeah. you a prescriptive. Uh, yeah, and I was like, like, can you give me the name of some gay bars in Atlanta? Oh like, I'm just God. kidding. And also, like when I grew up, I lived in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, um, which I wouldn't recommend to anyone. Um, <laughs> 
like a big spring break area. Yeah, right it's it's just a shithole. I'm oh. I mean I'm sure the the I'm sure it's nice now, but when I lived there, it was a fucking shithole. Um, and it was just straight as hell. But there was a gay bar like not too far from my house, close enough where I could ride my bike to go uh-huh. look. I would n- I never set foot in it, but I would go and like scope it out. I would mm-hmm. like be like a block away watching gay people walking out of it, being like one day. But it was called the Offshore Drilling Company. Oh what an God. aggressively named game. So you funny. know what I mean? Like the offshore. So I, my con, my image was is that these guys would go to this bar, meet, and then go out on some boat and just fuck each other in international waters. I, I really mean, believe that to be the case. That's so funny, though. I that, feel like that's um, the names of gay bars, like – like, cause you had a show at church. Like, there's. Yeah. I feel like that's common, and it's almost like a cheeky. Like now, I feel like well, it's I, had, more I used fun. to have a show at the a place called the Cockpit. That's really funny. <laughs> but that well, that one more barry. But I mean, like, yeah. I wonder if it's so you can say like, oh, meet me at the offshore. So it sounds like a little innocuous. Yeah, there yeah. were stuff like at the offshore in New York, drilling there was company. One called I'm sorry. Gym bar, you know, yeah, like yeah. Oh, I'm going to the gym. Yeah, you know, yeah, whatever. that's fun. The There's a. I was in. I forget where I was. We were somewhere in. Uh, where were we? Were just recently. We were somewhere and they had the. Oh, in Alaska, and mm. oh. Kenai. I think there's a bar called the Backdoor Spark. Uh, Backdoor Sports Bar and Grill. Oh, that's great. And I'm like, if you have the name Backdoor yeah. in your uh-huh. – you're a gay bar whether you know it or not. Yeah. So we went and it was like a straight bar. And I'm like, how what? the fuck? Backdoor? Like, back how door? dare you? <laughs> and then they had another place called like the Rainbow Bar or something. And I'm uh-huh. like, this is also not a gay bar. What the fuck is But it's is just that? like a Christian <laughs> gathering group. Yeah, that's so funny. The Backdoor oh Sports. Have you ever heard that Margaret Show bit from back in the day? Okay, she, okay so she's in Edinburgh uh-huh. she, and she's in uh, Scotland. And she loves her gay, so she wants to go to a gay bar. And the gay bar in Edinburgh is called CC Blooms, which is the name of Bette Midler's character in Beaches. Uh-huh. And her joke is, is she's like, that's the gayest name for a gay bar there ever was. The only thing gayer <laughs> would be if you named your gay bar Fuck Me in the Ass Bar and Grill. Uh- <laughs> I love Margaret Chan. Yeah, I do too. That's so funny. Um, well, she used to live here too. She oh, like yeah. when I first started, she was really good to me. She like would Aww. put me on her show. She had me on her podcast. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, she's really nice. She's so sweet. Yeah. yeah, I don't know her well, but from from all the people I know who are friends with her, and then like I my mean, interactions, she's always yeah, been so great. yeah. She seems really like pro, like yeah. helping queer comics. And she's been and, like like doing... Daniel Webb's open for her a bunch. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah, a lot of folks like that. And speaking about like being early in your time, like I feel like sh- like I'm can't, I mean she's probably, she's like, the first she's really, like, person I ever heard talk like pro gay yeah. and even like, like for Asian Americans and being yeah. bisexual oh, and sure. all like and addiction and trauma and like being able to talk about that so early in a time when Absolutely. even now people are only starting to it's yeah. like wow we're not getting she was political before anybody so it's yeah. like she I really liked her because she the, that whole she had that whole bit about you know her, her parents in the porn store uh-huh. and her mom read the magazine with the ass master or whatever and but it was like she's the only she was the only comedian who was on television who was talking about gay people at all. And it wasn't anti, it wasn't like, even this is a time when Todd glass is still in the closet Mm. and he's like doing sort of, you know, Mm. like, you know, transgressive kind of, uh, Uh, queer jokes, you know what I mean? I watched a clip of him recently where, and then, you know, he's in, it's the 90s, so, you know, who can't hold it against him. Uh-huh. But he's, like, making fun of the male flight attendant. You know, oh, oh being all God. fussy or whatever. Yeah. And then it's like, you gay. Yeah. You're yeah. in the closet gay making fun of, I mean. That's the one because I've only ever known him now. Like, Yeah, like, he's yeah, out. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the sweetest guy. But, yeah. like, that's a thing. I yeah. mean, you go back and you find his clips, and it's like some of them wow. are a little bit like, oh, okay. And, and even his, like, takes on, like, relationships and women mm-hmm. are sort of like, oh, okay, this is this takes out a different tone because now – we know that the whole time you were, you know what I'm saying? Like, That's interesting. I wonder yeah. if I have, because I mean, I, I wasn't like in the limelight, so it's a little easier for me to like. But when I really examine, I'm like, there for me, the equivalent of that is probably like me in my early comedy, like making, I don't, I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it because this is an honest podcast and then we'll get to your confession. Like just jokes yeah, your about confession like, first and then no, mine. But, like, <laughs> like I used, like, have jo- used to have jokes about just sort of like, you know, oh, like she was asking for like date rape, which is awful, but because I was in situations like that and I yeah. think being around so much like, I mean, like, yeah, you know, whatever. I've I've been assaulted and whatever. That's something we've talked about in other podcasts. But at the time, I think I was trying to normalize, like, my experience by taking the side of the male gaze. And when I even saying that feels weird because I'm like, how can I apologize? I'm nodding my head in the affirmative. I didn't. I'm like like shaking my head. I should say that because it's a podcast. I can't apologize for it, really. Like, if it hurt someone when I said it on stage and made them feel uncomfortable – 
That's when did you start too? Because it mat- um, that makes a difference. Like 2013. To, yeah. Yeah. So things there's a are lot of- significantly different after the Me Too movement. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like I started in 2011, and I feel like it was and we're sort of moving back to more homophobic in my opinion, mm-hmm. but it was incredibly homophobic when I first started. It was very, very much of like every straight comic had a gay joke. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? At or least it was like Atlanta. if you were saying, I came At out on stage Atlanta, for the yeah. first time, like, because I, like I was bisexual, but I almost thought if I just pushed, like heighten what was true. Yeah. So then I'm like, I like women. And then when I like said it, I was like, Oh yeah, no, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But it almost felt like funny. Yeah. There's nothing inherently funny about being gay, but yeah. like, I know what you mean. Like it yeah. felt like, a funny thing to say. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so wild. When I first started, I was so, like, I didn't have any reference point. Uh-huh. So the only reference point I had was Scott Thompson from Kids in the Hall. Okay. And he would play that character, Buddy Cole, uh-huh. who's, like, oh, very yeah. flamboyant, very feminine, which isn't really my style and, and not who I, how I act oh, normally. Yeah. I but that's what I would do. <laughs> What'd you say? I saw, oh, maybe I'll cut that out. No, I saw, I saw him do a pretty offensive set before where he, like, pissed everyone off. But um, like, so His, like... He he talks about like having an affair with Saddam Hussein and all that stuff. He do, when he does one man show, it's like incendiary. He's deliberately saying these incredibly yeah, yeah, yeah. provocative things. But that's the whole point of that character. That yes. character, if you go watch those monologues, they're all it's about from a different time too. Yeah. But like I think, it, but they're all like him commenting on race. It's not about being gay. They're, mm-hmm. they're about race and class and all. You know, he has yeah. this one joke, uh, one that he's like talking about somebody. He's like that they're black and Canadian and a woman and a lesbian. And he's like the trifecta or whatever it is. Uh-huh. But, and now like you would hear that and you'd be like, Oh, come on uh-huh. this guy. Blah, blah. But back then it was like, that was the only, right. that was, you know, so Margaret Cho being pro gay, but not being, she wasn't out uh-huh. gay yet. And then Scott Thompson, and he couldn't even be himself. He had to be the, the character. character. Uh, but yeah, when I first started, that was my reference point was, wow. Oh, I'll be like, I'll be like buddy Cole. Oh. And I did that for about a week or two. Gotcha. I was like, I can't do this. This is <laughs> This isn't who I am, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, speaking of confessions uh, and uh, changes, Ian, the time has come. Is there anything you would like to tell me? Hmm. Big or small, it doesn't matter. I'm like, trying to think of what, just a little nugget. what to confess. Um, or anything that's been in your mind lately, you just want to like, you know, get off your chest? Uh, no, I did talk about this a little bit uh, with you on my podcast. Oh, yeah, no, we can, yeah. So this is a, this so is like you a, guys want the full combo, you like should a, yeah, cross-reference. <laughs> this is a crossover event, uh, the straight people. What's your podcast you called? You can tell me anything. You can tell me or anything. Confidence is what I call the listeners. Yeah, this is the, we have a shared universe podcast yeah, now. wow. Um, I would say that I would like to confess what a shoplifter I was as a child. Okay. I was terrible. I mean, I got caught a bunch, too. Um, we used to live in Guam on the Air Force Base, Anderson oh, okay. Air Force Base, and I would go to the base exchange, which was like a Target. And the way it was set up, you that had a very distinct entrance and exit. Okay. And when you walked in, they had to literally check your ID to make sure you okay, were allowed to be the there. Base. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I <laughs> and I would just walk in the exit. And I was a little kid. I was like in second grade. Uh-huh. And I would t- and I would go to one of the things and I'd get a paper bag. They didn't even have plastic bags in it. It was all paper. And I'd get a paper bag and I'd walk through the exchange and I would steal candy oh and God. stickers. And a couple of times I would steal an issue of Playgirl because they had Playgirl. Okay. It was very much like wanting to know what was going on with uh-huh. the gay. Well, I, you know what I mean? Like I was, uh-huh. I knew I was gay at eight and I'm like, uh-huh. I'm going to do, pr- you know that I'm gonna be, do crime. BK, be gay, do crime. Yeah. I, I was doing Wait, that. What is have you I ever heard the know. term "be gay, do crime"? No, Are you kidding? That's so okay, funny. Okay, yeah, Google that was when it we're like done. Like a legit, like propaganda? no, this is now. This is a now propaganda thing. Be gay, do crime. <laughs> it's something okay. I've heard in the last few years. Oh, it's like part of the "Don't say gay." Like uh, no, I think thing, it's or? like it's like post. It gets better. Is be oh, gay, do be crime. gay, do crime. Be gay, do crime is a. You'll have to Google. I don't. It. Yeah, I'll get. But the I was being gay and doing crime oh before it was even a meme. Do you know what I mean? Because the meme is it's too. It's the. Have you ever seen the um what. Toad Hall, the um, Mr. Toad. The, oh, it's like the, oh, yes. So it's yeah. a picture of two. Uh, it's a picture of two like um, uh-huh. frogs, like gay-looking frogs on a bicycle <laughs> riding, and it just says "Be gay, do crime." Wow. But yeah, so I was when I was a little kid, I thought that being gay meant you were evil, and I was going to burn hell forever. So I might as well. Were get, you? I might as well steal from like a church or your parents? Yeah, or all- church and parents. And uh, and so I just was like, well, if I'm going to burn in hell forever, I might as well have as much candy as I like right now, right? So I would just uh-huh. – and I didn't – my parents, like, we had an allowance, but 
I mean, I was stealing. 20. You were accepting. You were almost ex- more accepting of truth because they were telling you a lie, and you were like, "Well, I guess that's the truth." And yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. I'm almost burning hell, so I yeah. must. I adjusted crime. very quickly. Yeah. I adjusted very quickly. But so this went on for months. I would just wow. go every Saturday or Sunday. I would just walk over to the base exchange. It was about two miles. And I would fill a bag full of whatever I wanted. And then I just walk out the front entrance. This and is you my. You got caught? Oh, I know. I got caught. Oh, okay. I got caught. But after months of not oh. getting caught, and they even hired a store detective. So they didn't have any security. Oh, because you were like, the, there was like a little thief going on. Yeah, around. yeah. So when he finally caught me, he was like, I got you. I got you. <laughs> and then I wouldn't tell him my name. I wouldn't tell him my name. Oh my God. Yeah, I was like, and he was like, I mean, they were threatening me with all kinds of stuff. And I mean, this guy was like they call in my face. Well, they, I never gave him my name. Oh. I know. So That's then they were so like, smart. they were going to take me to the jail. You don't jail. have an ID, you're a child. Yeah. Well, no, I had an ID, but they okay. just didn't go through my pockets, I guess. I don't know. But um, but eventually I had to I had to call and my parents. So like, but I, I sat in his office wow. for like seven hours oh my God. and him trying to crack me, the manager, like they sent various people. They sent a woman in to be all nice to me. That's and so I just scary. went to, yeah, yeah. It was pretty like funny. Kidnapping. Um, and that wasn't the end of it. <laughs> Wait, I'm curious. Okay, before I want to hear how it ended, but also I'm curious because uh, the part where you talk about like, oh, you know, you thought you were going to burn a house, you might as well do that. Yeah. Like, it felt like it was there was an awareness of like rules and how they could be better. Like, because the reality was like you didn't feel evil. So if they were telling you this and you're like, might as well do these quote unquote evil yeah, actions. Yeah, exactly. How did did you ever feel like shame or was it just so matter of fact like I want this candy and I guess because I'm a criminal I'm allowed to do crime and get. Like, I mean, I suppose I should. Say that I was ashamed, but I wasn't. I didn't care. No, that's fuck that, everybody. I love that. I was mad. I was angry. Yeah. I was angry from a very young age mm. about being gay, and I never thought it was fair because mm. it's like not on me. Know. Yeah. So I, I didn't spend a lot of time. I spent more time like lashing out Go than ahead. I did feeling sorry for myself. Were you hoping sense. to get caught for attention? Um, no, maybe I don't know. I don't think I did care. Did you want your parents to know, or you, were you scared of them ever finding out? Well, they did find out because, like, so I, I kept like, over the. But were period, you afraid, or did you kind of like appear like, over a period of about a year? Down, kind of. uh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, but over a period of about a year, I would steal all this stuff, and I got caught a couple times and grounded. I was. I mean, I'm probably still grounded based on how, how much ground on a military base. I feel like oh, you're I was. I was. Res- no. <laughs> it, I was restricted to my bed. Oh, I wasn't allowed wow. to get out of bed. Oh my god. For like. I would say like six weeks. Damn. <laughs> and but then my mom lost interest because it's like in sure. order to keep me restricted, she had to be there all yeah, the time. And we lived in Guam, they had nice beaches, and my mom wanted to be <laughs> at the beach drinking cocktails or whatever. But eventually, so over the course of a year, I stole all this candy. I stole mostly candy stickers, uh rock music like cassette uh-huh. tapes, because I had a little rock band that I listened to. And Playgirls. Uh-huh. And I hid all the Playgirls. I had this Millennium Falcon oh um, playset from Kenner. It was uh-huh. this big giant. Wow. So it's a big giant playset, but it was I had it in the, in the box. And so in the box, I had lined the bottom of the box with all the Playgirls, right? Clever. And then I forget where I was, but they I was at some kind of day camp. or I was at something where they finally let me go somewhere and spend the night. And then while I was gone, my mom like was like- It was a raid. Through, they, well, they went through my- my stuff and for whatever reason she was like he doesn't play with this anymore we're gonna throw this out oh so they didn't find it no no oh my god so then she takes it to like whatever the thrift store is uh-huh. uh it's not just that it's like a handful of stuff and then they go to open the box to see what you know oh the god. thing and then like 10 playgirls oh. just like fall out right <laughs> In front of my mom. Oh my and then, god, that's hilarious! So then my mom has to act like they're hers because, like, she doesn't know. Yeah. And she knows they're mine. She knows. Oh them. my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so I get home from whatever, and I don't think she told my dad because my dad used to. So my dad was a pilot, mm. and they would do all these like kind of like uh, not real missions because they weren't. It was like there wasn't wartime, but they would fly like mm. uh, like uh, practice, I guess, okay. or whatever. And so he was gone for like weeks at a time. The whole time we lived there. And so he was gone and I come back and I think my mom sent me to spend the night at somebody's house just to like take a break, have a break uh-huh. for me. So the day she took off was the 10 Playgirls day. Oh and then I come home and she's like, the Playgirls, you're gay. You're going to burn in hell forever. Oh like she loses it. She's just like, ah. And I'm just sitting there like, you know, God, I can't wait till oh I'm 18 or whatever. I don't even remember. I remember being upset and crying about that. But like. Uh, at the same time, though, I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? No, because you, you know, how am I supposed thoughts. to find pictures of dicks, ah. mom, without getting the play? <laughs> yeah, this was before high speed cable. Yeah, but, but that- I was also like, you know, I'm at not eight or nine years old, ten years old doing this, 
because I was like, you know, as a child, yeah. uh, you were molested told, um, and no, but like sexualized as a, a child. And that, so I didn't, it wasn't just out of nowhere. It's like, because I, I was molested, I think that sexualizes you. You understand what yes. sex is. Yeah. And then I wasn't like, you know, I'm not getting these playgirls. I'm, a, I'm like nine. I'm not jerking yeah. off, but I, I want to know. I know I'm gay. They've told me I'm gay. They told me I'm burning in hell forever. I might as well be really good at it. So when it's time to be gay, I'm going to be prepared. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Man, I'm really sorry that that happened to you, but I- um, It's not that bad, trust me. Sure, but but it is, I'm glad that you brought that up in the sense of like- My poor mom though, I swear. Like, that's a lot for her to have to do. Well, that's the thing is the parents are just human, but the reality is But then I had to come out still. Like, I still had to come out. You feel like you still have to, because it's like they they think they can squash it, but it's like- it's wild to be an adult now and know that like no adult really thinks they can squash it. You yeah. know, because that they we know that's not how gayness works. And it's wild that so many kids grow up thinking like, oh, if I had tried harder, I'd have been straight. But then you were like, wait a minute, my mom knew that she couldn't change. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, like, absolutely. Adults don't. Now they, they love know. to be they like, know. we knew the whole time. And I'm like, really though? So like y'all but they were they were like suppressive about it. So yeah. they knew the whole time, but they were like trying to prevent me from right. acting this way. Or, they feel like it's a reflection on yeah. them. Like oh, when you said, like you did the impression. They used like, to describe oh, no. me as like high spirited, which is code for gay, right? I mean, oh my God. The Southern <laughs> codes are so funny to me because like yeah. when people are like, bless your heart or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. So you'd hate me. Well, you know? bless their heart. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Like that, we're getting there. We're going to get there. One day it'll be bless their heart. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> oh man. Is that a good confession? That's that was great. By, I and I don't do it on stage. I've never no, stage, I mean, there's a lot there. So if you should, I'm with that Playgirl, like, visual is so funny of, like, your conservative mom, like, just in front of strangers, yeah. like, wanting to donate. Probably other nice women, toy. too. Other women, and toys, too. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. just like, oh, God. Yeah, yeah. But She's doing the Christian thing by bringing, so like, her funny. her um, her um stuff to the thrift store. And then it's, like. And she's still rather not than just think one she's a sexual girl, deviant than, than that she raised a gay son. <laughs> which would have been no, more, any boy, little boy being interested in sex. Like, that's, you know. Right. Very normal. I wonder if, uh, like, for anybody um, who wants to hack the system, if you had stolen a Playboy, just drop one Playboy in there, if they would have been like, oh, thank God, he's shoplifting. Wow. Or tits, you know? Right? I didn't, well, my dad had a bunch of those. Oh, That's gotcha. probably why I was like, nah, I'm good with that. Uh, this is what I'm talking about. I have never seen that, but I used to read those books. That's hilarious. Ian just showed me a be great gay do crime. Yeah. Hilarious. Uh, well, that's, two. I, that's so funny. I like that's meme culture where you don't even, I don't even need to really know, right? What, but I get it. But the first it, time I, I saw that, I was like, oh wow, yeah, I did that. I was doing crime because crime was the next thing after being gay. I was like, well, and then later when I was a teenager, I watched all those John Waters movies like Pink Flamingos, like mm. The Filthiest People Alive. Mm. And that totally, I was like, yeah, oh yeah, oh, of course, you know, like. It's wild that, like, because it can go either, like, when you're set on a, like, a false premise, which is like, oh, you're going to burn in hell if you're gay. You went the direction of, you tr- you actually in some ways I trusted. I leaned into it. Yeah, well, you yeah. kind of trusted your inner light enough to know that, like, well, it, if I am, quote, unquote, evil and I don't feel evil, then I'm if I do this. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you were testing, yeah. you were kind of testing it. Well, it wasn't until I was, like, in my 20s where I was like, oh, I'm not evil. <laughs> <laughs> and, which is wild, but then there's all. I've also heard like other like for me. I now think, I'm back to what I am. You're like we're all a little <laughs> yeah. evil, but and which is fun. But like for me, like I felt like I was always afraid of breaking rules because I felt like a part of me was inherently bad that I didn't want people to see. And I, it, until you said that just now, I didn't ever connect that to maybe. Yeah, a lot of queer people overcorrect in the other direction. Yeah, so like being exemplary, being well behaved, being the smartest or the best or the fastest. Yeah, a lot of queer people. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of um, especially in my age group that I know, mm-hmm. like the really successful gay guys that I know, their their overcompensation for uh, yeah, like being, really want to like the, you like know I'm not a real I'm not a real man, you know? so I've got to I've got to excel oh, in these yeah exactly that's so interesting yeah, yeah I never had well, thought queer about excellence that way, but that's and, and I mean black excellence everyone yes. knows but queer excellence is a thing too and queer excellence is like uh, y- your overcompensation but also like in spaces. Where straight people succeed, you have to try harder. Yeah. You have to you shine have to brighter. You have to earn your spot more. Yes, yes, like yes, if yes, you're going to yes. take it over a straight yeah. person. And I agree with that. I think that that's that's not just comedy. That's everything, really. Yeah. And all everyone honesty. should be striving for excellence, but it shouldn't be. Yeah, but it shouldn't be. Um, minorities have to prove themselves to take a regular spot because then that implies there's inferiority. They shouldn't have to, but I 
that's the reality. Yeah, no. I, in my right. opinion. No, I mean, like, sure. you know what I mean? No, it is. It's an upsetting reality, but it's very true. Like, to me, like, if I ever have, like, when queer people are like, I want to do comedy, I'm going to be like, pick pick who you think is the funniest straight person and be twice as funny as them. Yeah. And I always say that because you have to. And they make us compete against each other. Exactly. And so well, even when you're gonna, all very yes. good, you still have to be yes. the best queer quote unquote yeah, person exactly, in the room exactly. and it's like we're all funnier than all those yeah. I mean whatever by that yeah. time because of yeah. the way they've like well I mean if you if you work at it in that regard it may take you longer to get to the level of funny you need to be to be recognized yeah. but once you're there it's, then you there's can't no leave. going back yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. so interesting and that's what I'm seeing in Atlanta too it's like we have like uh, one of my favorite queer comics is Matthew English and he's been doing it for uh-huh. like seven years eight years or something and in the last few years, it's all come together. So he wasn't unfunny before, but it was like, it was good. It takes a while it could for be the great straight sometimes. people to know. It's that invisibility yeah, that's yeah. not really, like, we're not really yeah. invisible, but to certain trained, like, or untrained mainstream eyes, yeah. like, we're not giving, yeah. we're not So he was funny the whole time, but now it's like, okay, yeah. you leveled up and now no one can deny it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's where you, as a queer person, I feel like that's where you start. You start yeah. at the point where it's like, oh, you're a killer. You know what I mean? That that was my experience, at least, because nobody would pay any attention to me when I first right, started. Right, you would kind of give up quicker if you weren't doing well, because it would. That's true too. I've I've seen a lot more yeah. queer people and women quit comedy in Atlanta than yeah. I have seen straight. Guys. And the hang's not fun either for any even successful queer people sometimes. No, so it's like like the, I see that well, with mediocre to, straight yeah. cis whatever male guys that like just hang out and aren't funny but they enjoy the hang still so like they can hobble along for years yeah, and run yeah, a yeah. show and book a show and- well in the when i first started the it wasn't the homophobia on stage that bothered me it was the mm-hmm. off stage it was the way that they would throw around uh the, the gay slurs and f words or whatever and and what it would be is it's like the, they were like oh you're a fag no you're a fag ha ha whatever and then the gay people who were sort of in the peripheral of that conversation not involved in it would be offended by that and be like, never come back. Yeah. So I knew a lot of folks who would come and come around and be funny. Yeah. And like the thing that the, the thing that I was able to stick out was the, I didn't care, you didn't care. about being friends with any of these people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you uh, weren't there to impress them. No. You knew right away that as and what a comedian, I love you're to, trying to win an audience. Not yeah. The yeah. Other comics. Well, you have to, you have to like at least have the, the respect of the other comics. Sure. The, um, but what I learned was what I thought was the most interesting was that people that were who lived in Atlanta, who I would have characterized as homophobic mm. in like 2011, 2012, then graduated on to, to New York, L.A. and, and, mm-hmm. and whatever. And then they couldn't be homophobic anymore because they moved to cities uh, where they just don't put up with that shit. Yeah. And Atlanta, now it's less homophobic because we've grown yeah. up. But at the time, it was there was a level of accepted homophobia. There was a level of accepted kind of like, oh, you're a queer comic, so you're a novelty. And mm. I guarantee you that they took those provincial attitudes to bigger cities and got their hands slapped uh-huh. because now they come back and they're all like, oh, yeah, you're so great. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I remember oh I remember when you wouldn't fucking give me the time of day because – and or you would tell me that I should go start a show at the gay bar because I'm a gay comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to get told that when I was in New York because there weren't that, as many Asian comics. And I'm glad there's more, but it's, it's funny because now we compete against each other. But people are like, oh, you should start an Asian show. But I'm like, I mean, sure, but also like – I also just want to do a show. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a yeah. It's an interesting thing. I, I well, there's hope like a lot of there's did a, change too, there, but yeah, it's yeah. hard to. Well, really, it's changing you know. for sure. But I think that there's like this like even that book, the comedians. So that book is like it it, it it's the history of comedy, but mm. it's written by a straight white man, uh-huh. and it really doesn't delve into mm. all these people that you're talking about. They. When you dig into it, they don't. They didn't all identify as straight. Do you know yeah. what I'm saying? But in that book, they do. And I think that the prevailing attitude that I've found, and I think it's kind of like being chipped away at it, is mm. is that uh, regular comedy is straight male comedy, and then everything else is female comic, Asian mm. comic, gay comic, yeah. disabled comic, whatever it is. That's and so we're thing, all yeah. like, we're we're all like off the main shoot. And I'm like, no, 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 no. There's no fucking way that the first funny person in the world wasn't gay. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? Well, like, if, if you go back to the beginning writers, of time, there's so many right. fucking lesbians, and yeah. it's like all, all so obvious. It's yeah. like we, 
that's the crazy thing that they would just. We, but I feel we like the, quote, the, quote, the straight men have said there. this is ours, and it's like, no, you're the only ones with enough privilege to start doing it at the time. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So a hundred years ago, two hundred years, whatever it is, how far back you want to go and say this is the first comedian? But the, the, that's the only reason. You know what I'm saying? It's like well, I haven't read and now that book, that, and now I won't. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe uh, I'll check it it's out. Interesting. I think I'll check it out. It's interesting. And there's several people in that book that if you you. Like, uh, they really don't get into Moms Mabley being gay. There, there's people mentioned in that book, they really don't get into how gay Richard Pryor really was, bisexual. I mean, mm. and uh, so it's not a bad book, but it's like, it, you could go back to that book and be like, oh, well, here are 10 people that you mentioned that are actually, that are actually yeah. by the way, they're queer. And in music, too, rock stars, it tends to be the not because... They're, they're specifically identified. I, I don't know how many of them actually identified at that time, but it's like so many rock stars are in the rock and roll life. So it's yeah. like sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's like so queer. Yeah. Like it's just a hundred percent just like yeah. anti-establishment, but also because they wanted to create their own path, not yeah. because they were anti, you know, yeah, yeah. but yeah. Well, this was a great conversation. Thank you for sharing. Um, Absolutely. I absolve you of your shoplifting sins. and Be gay to do crime. Be gay to crime. Do yeah. Crime. <laughs> um, Ian, where can people find you, follow you, listen to your podcast, all that? Um, I have a podcast called Straight People. It is spelled S-T-R, the number eight, P-P-L, or just straight people in all caps. Um, you can find that almost anywhere that you find podcasts. And uh, you can follow me on Instagram at a bear comedian. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this pod. This is at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram, and I'm at ter- ter- Teresa Lee Bot on Instagram. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to You Can Tell Me Anything. You Can Tell Me Anything is a comedic podcast created and produced by Teresa Lee on the Hoo Ha Ha Podcast Network. The Hoo Ha Ha team is Ashley McAtee, Audrey Povar, Maggie Week Austin, Cardi Assad, and Stephanie Binot. The theme song for this podcast was created by Cody Johnston. The outro music was written by Shipwreck Sailor. And the Hoo Ha app can be found in the Apple Store to stream your favorite comedy series and laugh out loud podcasts by the funniest woman in comedy. To contact this podcast specifically, you can email tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at tellmeanythingpod. Thank you.